Hello, church. It's your friend Colin. I'm here to invite you, wherever you are, whenever you're tuning in, to take a break from the craziness of this week, to tune in to what we're doing here, which is lifting up Jesus Christ, worshiping him, taking time to, to find a port in the storm, and to fix our eyes upon Jesus. Remember that church, the church of God, is not a location. It's not a building. It's not even an event. It is the people who are called by God into this world to live for him, to worship him and to proclaim him to this world. And so as we worship today, you can do it however you want to. You can sit or stand. You can ponder or pray. You can sing out loud or you can be silent before the Lord. But what's important is that we're taking a moment here to orient ourselves toward God, to fix our eyes on Jesus, to hear from his perfect word and to be encouraged and challenged in his spirit today. We're facing tough times, but God is good. He is kind. He is merciful. He is just. He is forgiving. And and he loves each and every one of you so, so much. And so let's worship him together, Southside. He is good. Let's lift him up. you can't do. Our healer, our prince of 
here on staff and it's my privilege to pray for Dave and to pray for us this morning so let's today right now uh, this morning all right let's pray father I thank you for uh, this privilege to come before you God, we are always been we have always been a needy people God we are more acutely aware of how much we need you I pray first of all Lord for us that you would give us ears to hear that the distractions of this world would be proportional to how big you are and how much you love us. God, help us to be a people who have soft hearts. Give us the ability, Father, to lean into you and to trust you. And Lord, I also pray for Dave as he seeks to be a tool of yours to reach the people that you've entrusted to us. God, give him just a boldness. Give him a confidence, Lord, that these are moments that are special to you and you use in unique ways. And Lord, we love you. And we want to love you more. And God, I truly do believe that the fruit of what we're going through right now is going to draw us closer and closer to you and closer and closer to one another. So be with Dave today, God, as he ministers to us on your behalf through your word. In your son's name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Jim is working so hard to get you guys that are in groups to meet. We're challenging you. If you have 
uh, if you are in a small group, to make sure that you get on Zoom or Facebook or hang your head out your window and yell at each other. We really want you to connect and continue being in a group. Our staff and elders and so many of you key people at Southside Christian Church are working so hard. Our student ministry has been doing Instagram Live and then connecting on Zoom to study the Bible every Monday night. And all kinds of different and extra things are going on. But um, if you're not in a small group, I'm going to lead a uh, sermon-based discussion discussion based on today's talk on Zoom later this week. And so hit the contact us button on our homepage if you'd like me to invite you to that. It's a really cool app called Zoom. Make sure you have it on your phone or are ready to use it on your computer. And then if you email me, I'm going to invite you and we'll discuss that later on this week together. Um, We had our elders meeting on Zoom this week and it was just, it was outstanding. It was so fun. Um, So please do that. Do everything you can to maintain the bonds of fellowship, whether it's texting or emailing or calling or reaching out to people. Take care of your neighbors. Let them take care of you. It's so important that we keep being the church, loving and being loved, serving and being served, knowing and being known, even though we are in challenging times. Let's read from the scriptures together. It'll hopefully be up on the screen several times today. But here... Paul's encouragement from Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord." Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, this is true. God's love for you, it cannot fail. It will prevail. It will pull us all through. When I think about what's happening in the world and when I think about what might happen, I want to encourage you with some biblical truth. God loves you and nothing can change that. Think about this, the agape love, the boundless, limitless love of God, the love that infuses value into the one that is loved. The love of God has not stopped, has not been ordered to shelter in place or only serve takeout. God is still on the throne. He's still undefeated and unbeatable. He's still the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. When I go out of my run every morning, God whispers to me in accordance with his word, I will make all things new. God is going to do tremendous works through this. God is still a friend to the friendless. He's still an embracer of the sick, of lepers, of those suffering. He's a source of light and life to all mankind. I want to tell you great news as many of us are growing weary of the waiting and the misinformation and the wonder of where this COVID-19 coronavirus stuff is taking us. God loves you. God loves the sinner and God loves the saint. God loves the church goer and God loves the church avoider. God loves the holy one and the holy disinterested one. The apostle Paul writes glorious words in Romans chapter 8, baby, inspired by the Holy Spirit so that you and I can cling to God's promises in this time and not to religion and not to feelings, but to the predictable and precious promises of God. And we can know without doubt and without wavering that he loves us. God loves you. If there's anybody in the room with you, turn to him and say, God loves you. His love 
cannot be dimmed, squelched, suffocated, quarantined, or pushed down in any way. The love of God that St. Paul writes about is your strength, your hope. It's our everything. Let me walk you through the passage today, and I want to fill your tanks with encouragement and hope and enthusiasm that this trial will be for the ultimate good and glory of God as thousands, maybe millions, will come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's walk through Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am sure, Paul says. If you're familiar with older translations, I like it a little better. For I am convinced. Paul is confident. He's not shaken. What he's about to tell you about love when he says, for I am sure, is a firm, unchangeable truth. You can take it to the bank. It's the only thing you're going to have left, perhaps. God loves you. In Greek, the word for sure is to be persuaded, in this case, to be persuaded of something trustworthy, to be induced or made to believe. And then in the scriptures, for I am sure, for I am convinced, then follows the things, the list of things that cannot separate us from the love of God. First thing on the list, neither death nor life. Now, some of you are fearing this in this crisis. Most of us haven't got there yet in our minds, but our dread may be rising. We might be genuinely afraid of death, or we may be dreading what feels like financial death or societal death or just death to our uh, daily schedules and our peace of mind. For some of you who are extroverts or people people, this is driving you insane. You don't even know how to function right now. Some of you are loving it and want it to go on and on and on so you won't have to deal with your customers or different kinds of people or different situations, but you'll get there with the extroverts. For some of you, just that is enough of a trial. This social distancing, may that phrase be stricken from our records after we get through this. It might be tearing you apart. But remember, church, Paul's already talked to us about what it is to have death or life not able to separate us from the love of God. In Philippians 1.21, he said, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. In Acts 20.24, look at his mission focus on the gospel when he says, I do not account of my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and my ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. For I am sure that neither death nor life moving on, nor angels, nor rulers. Now this next pair Paul mentions in verse 38 is angels and rulers. Maybe you've heard it, principalities. And then a few verses later, he talks about the powers. None of these things even will separate us from the love of God. These three things, angels, rulers, principalities, powers, are probably designations of spiritual beings, angel or demonic beings, since it starts with angels mentioned first. Paul's point is even this. If you're one of those people that thinks the devil is going to hold you down or that he's the one to blame for your sin or your lack of faith or your doubt, he's coming after you perhaps. But Paul's point is even no cosmic, no supernatural powers, not even the devil will separate us from the love of God. You may feel that it's closing in around you here in Spokane, Washington and around the world. But the thing that is still there for you is the love of God. 
Those powers, those angels, those rulers have no power. Those so-called powers can't separate you from the love of God. They were decisively defeated at the cross for the believer in Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.15, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him, in Jesus. Ephesians 1.21, Jesus Christ is so very far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every other name that is named, not only in this age, the scripture tells us, but in the age to come. So even though these scoundrels may be on the loose, even though there may be a counterattack to the holy ones of God to rob us of our joy and to rob us of our security and our peace and our faith and our trust and to fill us with doubt and to fill us with anger and irritation at what's around us. Even though they might be on the loose, they can do no ultimate harm to God and cannot separate us from the love of God. This is true. God's love for you will not fail. It will prevail. It will come through. It must gall our enemy to hear God say, you and your minions, your hordes are helpless to take away my loved ones, to take my love from them. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. Paul says, I'm sure of some other things. I'm confident of some more things about God's love. You know what else can't separate us? He says, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers. Okay, this one really hits home for us, doesn't it? What is present in our American lives right now is COVID-19, the seeming and daily back and forth collapse of our economy and the destruction of our peace in our existence. First, can I give you some advice? Turn the news off every once in a while. I've limited my, I gotta know things. I gotta lead a church and lead a family. So there's some things I gotta know so I get on and I see what's going on in the world. But you can't be watching the news 24-7 seeing those cases pile up or hearing in the media in all its forms that the sky is falling and that things will never return and whose fault is it? I wanna just challenge you, limit yourself to the minimum that you need to stay informed and to not break the law and to know what to do for you and yours. But could you imagine if we became obsessed over these next couple weeks with God's word and with his peace and with his truth, with fellowship and new ways on our computers and our phones and on the internet, if we were just absorbing all kinds of godly content and not fear and worry and destruction. No wonder Jesus made such a big deal in the scriptures about how there will be rumors and rumors of war and there will be all of these people always saying this is the end or, or this is the new this or this is the new that. Just turn the news off for a little bit, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers. The, he talks about how time even, what we're experiencing in our time now and to come cannot separate us. It's important to see that nothing in the present or future can separate us from the love of God. This present future pair covers our fear that though the present might be tolerable now, we're thinking, you know, maybe it's okay, but the future is going to be horrible. And so even though I'm okay right now, when I sin the sin of worry or anxiousness, I start to think, well, even though it's okay now, it's not going to be okay tomorrow. 
and we wonder, will I be able to stand what's coming tomorrow or the next week? We might fear that the present actually is so bad that we're not even going to make it to the future to see if God's love can be separated from us. Paul's response, it will never, Christian, it will never in this time or any future time, it will never be so bad that you will be separated from the love of God. Circumstances will never surprise or overwhelm our powerful God so that he must go back on his promise to never leave us nor forsake us and to never separate us from his love. Take courage, Christian. You've got the greatest resource in the known universe. You have the love of God. This is true. God's love for you, it will not fail. It will prevail and you will come through. He keeps going. Paul's an artist here. Paul's a poet. Paul is laying down good stuff. Nor height, nor depth. Paul says, I'm sure, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth. Now this pair covers this fear that is of the unknown or perhaps the spiritual boogeyman that in some distant place, far away, some menacing power that would surprise us and destroy our faith and separate us from the love of God. Paul says to a primitive culture, he says, no matter how high you go or how deep you go down, you will never find a so-called power that is more powerful than God's genuine keeping and loving power. To their mind, in antiquity, this was extremely significant as the skies and the ground beneath the earth rattled their imaginations as they do sometimes ours, as unknowns, as unknowable. There was fear that the ground where the dead were buried would swallow them up or that the skies would rain terror in natural phenomena or in other ways. But to us, it's just as relevant as our fears are just as prevalent. Instead of fearing evil or lurking disaster or disease behind every corner, instead of thinking that torment and fear and opposition is up in the sky and below the ground and everywhere you look, it's actually God who is everywhere. It's actually God who has dominion and power and superiority over everything, everyone, all the time. It's God who is high and low and here, there, everywhere. Psalm 139, where shall I go from your spirit? The psalmist says, God, how could I even get away from you if I wanted to? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, of course you are there. And if I make my bed in Sheol or the depths of hell, you are there. It's true, guys. God's love for you will not fail. It will prevail. You're going to come through. So Paul's got this list. I wonder if he's trying to cover everything the church in Rome is thinking of or worried about or fearful of or that us Christians someday in the, in the future would need to know. And so he wraps it up with this, nor anything else in all creation. Some of you in our church are great worriers. You're so good at worrying that even though I've covered a lot of the stuff, you're going, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And what about this? Some of you are married to a worrier. Some of you are raising a worrier. Some of you are the child of a worrier. I just want to ask you when, you, when you have that impulse to worry, pray. Jesus said, whoever added one foot to their life by worrying, but instead, trust God. It's not a sin to worry. It's a sin to worship that worry. 
instead of the living God. So then he says, okay, if I didn't think of your thing you're worried about that might separate you from the love of God, he says, nor anything else in all creation. Paul underlines nothing you can think of can separate you from the love of God, not anything else in creation. Can I tell you, not even you, not even you yourself and your desire to leave God or to sin your way out of his presence, nothing in all creation. John 10, 29 says, no one can take you from God's hands. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hands. I want to tell you, don't let your thoughts spiral. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Take every thought captive to Christ. And don't be overcome by your fears, men and women of God, because 1 John tells us that perfect love casts out fear. And I love what the Apostle John, the beloved of God, says in chapter 3 of his letter. Don't let your emotions overcome you, he says in 1 John 3.20. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Now check out the kicker of our scripture today. None of these things, height nor depth, angels nor principalities or rulers, nor things present to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, here comes the kicker, will be able to separate us, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You've got God. You've got God. You've got his love. This is true. God's love for you will not fail. It's going to prevail, and you're going to make it through. It's not that it won't separate us from the love of God, or it shouldn't if you're a good Christian. It's that it can't. No thing can do anything to separate you from the greatest thing, the love of God. If you're worried that you're going to fail or you're going to fail your family or you're going to sin so bad in your lonesomeness during this time that you're going to screw things up for your Self during this trial, during this crisis, during this hour of unprecedented challenge. Be not afraid, for if you are in Christ, you are in Christ, and nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, never to be stolen away. And I want to tell you the truth. Follower of Jesus Christ, you will persevere. You will be okay. You will be found faithful if you are in Jesus Christ. If you lack this assurance, you will make it to the end. You will have victory in Jesus. If you lack assurance or confidence and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I am going to or I don't know if I believe you, then do yourself a favor and fall to your knees Fall to your knees and cry out to God. If you don't believe you can make it, then say, Christ, my God, I fall to my knees and I repent of my sin and my half-hearted faith. And I want you to be my everything. I want you to be my God. Lead me. If you're worried about failing your family, say, God, I need you to lead me so I can lead them. If you worry about keeping your purity, say, God, I need you to make me pure so I can desire that purity. 
whatever is doubt might be in your mind, if you don't believe that you will make it, you need to fall down and repent and say, take me, Lord Jesus. If you will have me, I confess my sin and I give myself to you. I come back to you. I wipe out all of the apathy and I now come forward in passion and vision and purpose. I need you. You are my Lord. The other day, I was all up in my son's business. I had asked him to do some chores, and he'd kind of forgotten to do them or had not done them. And as often happens around many homes, try to be nice, try to be nice, and then it kind of turns into a like, come on, you got to do this. And we had an awkward interaction. I'm sure you've had one before in your family. We both went back to life. It was clear what I wanted and what I expected. But we just kind of went back to our lives. And later when he talked to my wife, to his mom, Brenda, something about me came up and he said, oh yeah, dad hates me right now. Now we were pretty sure he was kidding. (laughs) But when I had the opportunity, I just had to walk into the room and I didn't reference his conversation with mom. And I just said, son, I just want to remind you how much I love you. I'm sorry about our little moment earlier, but I just want to remind you how much I love you. And you can tell that he was like, you came in here because mom said I said you hated me. But it was so important to me that that relationship was not broken. He instantly knew mom had talked to me and said it was just a joke and we cool. But you know, I'm pretty sure that he knows that I can't hate him. I love that boy. I see a steely-eyed determination to walk with the Lord in his eyes that I don't know if everyone else sees. I see a quick, sharp wit and a tenderness towards others that he may not even know he has yet. I see in a young man confidence I see greatness in his eyes. I see a young man who was placed on this earth to bless others, to be a man of integrity and honor. And I see what others don't as a dad and might not see as readily, a big heart, rugged good looks, and tall stature that comes from his mother's side of the family. Because he's mine. He's my son. And I love him. And I decided long ago, there's nothing that he could ever do that would take that love away. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is going to separate my boy from his father's love. How much more does God love us? How much more does God, who is faithful, even when we are faithless, How much more is God who actually first loved us, the scriptures tell us, how much more is God going to love us with a love that can't be overcome? This is true. God's love for you cannot fail. It will prevail. And it's going to pull you through. Listen to the love of God in one more way from Romans chapter 5. 
but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Would you pray with me? I'd encourage you to close your eyes and bow your heads wherever you're experiencing church with us today. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you would now close your eyes, bow your heads in prayer with me. I hope for the follower of Jesus today has been a fire hose of encouragement and a reminder that is overwhelming that God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, and nothing, though everything else might fall, nothing can separate you from the love of God. But I really hope there's somebody who's watching right now that has never known that before, that God loves you so much. God cares about you. You think you've sinned too much or you're too gross or that you've, you know, treated him poorly in the past or you've tried religion and found it wanting. You may feel like many people I've known who feel like I could never go to a church, I could never be a part of one because I've been, done too many bad things or I've been too irreverent or too this or too that. God doesn't care about those things. God loves you and wants to know you. That's why he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And if you would admit like I have and so many others have that you are a sinner who needed Jesus to die for your sins on the cross, then you can be saved. You can have eternal life and you can start a new relationship with God. With every head bowed, please, and every eye closed, I just want to lead you in a starter prayer. And if you want to repeat the words after me, you can start a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You don't have to get it perfect, but I challenge you to be sincere and earnest in this moment to invite Jesus into your life. Just pray something like this. God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know that my sins have separated me from you. But your love has overcome that separation through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. I accept that Jesus died for me, and I understand that he rose from the grave, and he is Lord. I desire to repent or turn from my sinful life and turn towards you as my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer this morning, this evening, wherever you're watching, welcome to the family of God. And as your first part in our family, join us by listening or by singing as we worship him. God, we come to you right now, and I pray in living rooms and offices and work cubicles and people sitting outside, hunched over their phone, wherever people may be gathered right now, may we be a church. May we be a church that's worshiping together. May we be a church that's glorifying God. May we be a church that's serving and helping May we be a church that says, God, what do you want to do with my life? 
And may you use this present crisis to bring future glory and ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
we can trust in you. We can rely on you. You love us more than we could possibly understand. And nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate us from your love. Not height, not depth, not angels, not demons. Nothing can separate us from your love, God. So no matter what happens, we can look back in the past. We know that you are faithful. So we can look forward to the future and know that you are able. Because you love us and you want good for your children. You love to bless us. Help us to trust in that love.
people would be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power to save. God, bring that love into our lives, flowing out into our relationships, flooding our city, our nation, our world, as more and more people know that God loves them and demonstrated it through his son, Jesus Christ. God, we are not ashamed. We lift up your name. We are so thankful for the ministry that you have done for our sins and our salvation through your one and only son, Jesus Christ. It's in your name we all pray. Amen. Hey, just a couple things as we wrap up our service. If you prayed that prayer with me 10 minutes ago or so, where we invited Jesus into our lives. I want you to get on our website, southsidespokane.org, and click on the button that says Jesus card on this side of the website. Make sure that you read it, go through that prayer again, and then fill out the form so we can follow up with you and welcome you to the family of God. There's all kinds of resources on our website during this online era, and don't miss them. Our daily devotionals on top of our website, the study guide right over here, Oh my gosh, you guys, studying the scripture last week after Colin's talk with my family and my house was one of the highlights of my life. Don't miss clicking on that, see the questions and talk about it. Also, at the end of our service, we're gonna leave a prayer list up on the screen and we wanna ask you to pray in your homes, to even pray out loud if you're with other people or alone, to pray for the needs of our nation, uh, of our church, and you're just gonna see a little list. You can pray about whatever you want, but make sure you don't miss that. Also, we're gonna receive an offering and there's a big for this era, green, obnoxious give button on our website. That's the simplest way you can give, but you'll see on the screen all kinds of other ways to give. It's essential if you're able that you give to God's work or that you give to those in your life who need a hand up and need some help right now. If you're a part of God's family, just keep that discipline knowing that God wants our first and our best and he'll take care of the rest. But would you all pray with me for our offering? If you'd close your eyes and bow your heads. I hope somebody's writing the check right now or getting online and thinking about how can I do this? Not because of what it does for us, but because of what it means about what's going on in their lives. That even at a time like this, they would put you first, Lord. God, first I thank you for a generous church, for a faithful and generous church, Southside Christian Church in Spokane, Washington. May your people continue their excellent service to one another. Lord, we rejoice in the food bank that has been on the end of our campus, practicing social distancing and yet still feeding the poor and the needy. I thank you for the 
flood in my email box of ways that you've laid it on people's hearts to help one another, to serve and to give outside of the normal ways so that you can be glorified and your name can be lifted up. God, as we give today, I pray that your church will treasure the right things, that we will consider your kingdom like a treasure hidden in a field. And when we find it in our joy, we divest ourselves of all other things so that we may buy that field, so that we may have that investment in the kingdom of God. Lord, help those who can't give right now. We don't care about that kind of stuff. We want them to be healthy. We want them to be safe. We know that you love and you will provide. God, cause those who have an ease with giving to fill in those gaps all around the world right now, to look out for people and to meet needs. But God, whatever you may choose to do, we humble ourselves and we do look back and see that you are faithful. And we do look forward and know that you are able. And we definitely live right now and choose to believe that you are both of those things, faithful and able. In your name, would you even bless our offerings in this crazy time? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Right, I want to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. And just to know that as we read these words, these are the words of Jesus, how he taught us to pray. And they are some powerful words for this time that we're facing. And so let's read this together. The words will be up on the screen. And uh, wherever you are, you can read it under your breath. You can just read it in your head. But if you're worshiping with your family or you're worshiping on your own watching this video, then let's read this out loud as a prayer to God for this time and for always. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hey, one last thing. When I say goodbye, you're going to see a small prayer list on the screen. Hit pause on your uh, screen and join with whomever you're with or alone and pray for the stuff you see on the list and anything else you can think of. Goodbye and get to praying, okay? <laughs>